So welcome to Disney Minus Reverse Rebirth, the um, side attachment DLC to regular Disney Minus, where instead of uh, talking about Disney movies, we're talking about that time Disney movies were in video games, along with Final Fantasy characters. I'm going to put down this uh, this children's toy because you can probably hear it rattling. Yep. Anyway, I'm Steven. <laughs> I'm Kat, and right now I'm mad at Steven. Mark. <laughs> You got we don't talk about Bruno stuck in my fucking head this morning. (laughs) (laughs) That's gonna be my head for like at least the next three days. There's a there's an edit someone did where like they basically just replaced all the nouns with rats. I'm sure you've seen it by now. Grayson got so into watching that version specifically over and over. Oh no. That like a week or two ago when Julie was at her grandma's house, um, with uh, with Mia over there, they put Encanto on, <laughs> and when the, when and when we don't talk about Bruno came on, Mia just started going rats, rats, rats. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> anyway, do do you remember where we left off? Honestly, just because it's been a while and then shit yeah. went down. Uh, I remember vaguely, like I remember Red Dude apparently died. Yeah, uh, Axel died, even yeah. though like. You know the the amount the amount to which it was necessary is is debatable. And but on the <laughs> other hand, we got a kick-ass Keyblade out of it. That is fair. And we nearly made it to the world that never was. No, we we were at yeah we were basically at the world that never was because between Axel dying and this next thing, there's really just like a few areas that you walk through and fight Heartless. So like right. that's what I mean. We didn't actually like start it. We got to it, but we didn't like actually get in it. Yeah, so um, so yeah, so that's where we are right now. Uh, the world that never was is broken into two sections. I say not broken as in like you, there's a whole big thing, like I know what you mean, plot wise or something like that. But like it's got like kind of two distinct areas. Right. There's um an area that I swear I always think is just a term that the fans came up with, but no, this is really what it's called. It's just called Dark City because it is just a city. What is dark? I mean, <laughs> like, fair enough. And um, then there is the organization. Then there's Organization 13's castle off in the distance, which is called the castle that never was. Because if they if these guys know anything, it's branding, I guess. Um, uh, basically, uh, basically, though, like as soon as we get into uh, the world that never was. Mickey runs the hell off. It does this whole big like panning shot where you see like the castle in the distance and you can see like kind of bits of the city be- uh, between the buildings and Mickey's just running. <laughs> He's like, well, I don't want to hang out and talk to Sora. Bye. <laughs> Fuck you. It's the the next time um, the like cutscene that it gives us kind of bridging the sort of gap the physical gap between Dark City and the castle that never was, Mickey's there for that. So really, I think this is just the game getting him out of the way to <laughs> not have to figure out what to do as far as like him being there while you fight. Because I guess they were they were like, well, we don't want to make him like you know the companion for this world, but we also can't just have him running around and being there. So what's the next best thing? Oh, he's gone. <laughs> he ran on ahead, and it's like. All right, fair, I guess. Um, What's the next so that's, thing? Oh, wait, never mind. Yeah. 
So, so that's basically what happens is he just runs on ahead. Um, this next couple areas that you run through dark city, you only fight like the little shadow, the little basic shadow heartless guys, um, which, which makes this area really great for, um, leveling up wisdom form since that gets like one point every time you kill a heartless and like shadows are the easiest ones to kill. So you can just like turn on wisdom form and like zoom through blasting stuff. Um, which is definitely what I've done when or any time that I needed to grind the uh, the forms. Um, mm-hmm. But we do eventually come to an area called uh, Memories of Skyscraper. And when I once I post the picture of it, you'll be like, oh, I've seen this before. Okay. Uh, one sec. Keep in mind how bad my memory is. There is that. Okay, but, no, wait. Like, I, ha- I do remember this. Exactly. There's, there's like one landmark in this entire city. So. Well, I mean that the giant heart-shaped moon. Also that. But yeah, so you can see the castle in the distance, so there's that, I guess. Um, what are they? Oh, no, that's right. Never mind. Um, so yeah, you, you come up to that, and uh, uh-oh, once we walk into the area, fucking Donald and Goofy get, like, literally forcibly separated <laughs> <laughs> by a couple of these samurai nobodies. Uh, oh, no, just, wait, come like, back. Yeah, pop in and, like, hold their swords up, and they're like, oh god! <laughs> um, oh, and, th- and this will begin something that in the original game was only a cutscene, but um, in the final mixed version of the game they attached a boss fight to, so it's like you get the first part of the cutscene, and then boss fight, and then like the back half of the cutscene. <laughs> Which fits a little bit better than I'm making it sound, because like there's fighting in that cutscene, so it's basically like you see the first couple strikes of the fight in the cutscene, the actual fight happens, and then it does that thing where like, oh, you won the the actual fight, so now in the cutscene we're gonna show you the last few hits of that fight and how it is, basically. Right. Um let me just make sure I'm not forgetting anything before we get into that. Okay, no, we are not. Um but yeah, uh so when the once those uh samurai nobody show up, uh oh. A mysterious dude in black also shows up. What? That's not ominous at all. <laughs> Bear in mind that at this point we have seen like every member of the organization's face, so there shouldn't be anyone going around with their hoods still up. Um, and literally, as soon as this person engages Sora in a fight, we are instead transported <laughs> to like a, a different plane in space altogether. Um, we're taken back to uh, the Station of Waking, if you remember, where, like, the ground was just a giant stained glass window thing with, like, Sora on it and then his friends and stuff. Kind of. Hang on, I'll, I can probably find a picture of it real quick. Okay, there we go. So, yeah, you're, like, uh, the two of you are, like, standing on one of those platforms in, like, a big, in, like, just a void, basically. Um, kind of, yeah. Um... And if you remember, uh, when we did it in this game, it was when uh, Roxas was doing his similar, like, awakening thing, and he fought that giant honking uh, Twilight Thorn dude. Uh, anyway, um, Sora is like, well, hang on, I actually wrote out their dialogue, because it's, like, only a few words. Um, basically, the two, uh, basically, Sora's like, who are you? And <laughs> dude pulls out, uh, he starts dual-wielding Oblivion and Oath Keeper Keyblades. And he's just like someone from the dark. And Sora's like, you can't be Riku. He's like, Riku, I defeated a Riku once. And Sora's like, you what? 
<laughs> you what, mate? Uh, but yeah, so hang on. Here's dude bowing up. And uh, here he is charging Sora. I really love like the sparks that they have flying off of his keyblades as he's like dragging them on the ground. Um, yeah, right? Uh, I mean... Ah, oh, come on, Craig. But anyway. <sighs> anyway. Um, that shit. <laughs> but um, so they, they clash Keyblades a couple of times. And um, then dude is like, tell me. Tell me why he picked you. And then like flies the fuck up into the air. And we see from his perspective uh, looking down at Sora. And he's just like, I see. That's why. And this is something that's always bugged me because I'm like, who the fuck does he mean? Um, this apparently is a mistranslation because the Japanese text, uh, basically it's saying, tell me why the Keyblade chose you, which makes a lot more sense. Basically, like, why did the Keyblade choose you of all people? And like, why did I get caught up in all of this? So on and so forth. And then he like jumps into the air and sees the part of the stained glass that like shows all of Sora's friends because Sora's whole thing is, you know, my friends are my power. And it's like, oh, right. that's why the Keyblade chose you, because of your connection to your friends making you strong. So, like, it just, it just bugs me that they, like, left that mistranslation in there. Um, I mean, it happens sometimes. Yeah. There's, there's another one somewhere else in the series. I think it was somewhere back in the first game, but I don't remember what it was off the top of my head, so, meh. Probably others, too, that I'm just not thinking of right now. This is really the main one that's, like, stuck out to me. Uh, but... <laughs> He, like, slams back down on the ground, though, and knocks Sora's Keyblade out of his hand and, like, stabs Oathkeeper into the handle to be like, nah, you're not getting it back. <laughs> and to which um, Sora just, like, holds out his hand and, like, because, you know, Keyblades can do this and just, like, disappears from where it's, like, pinned to the ground and then phases back to his hand. And dude's like, what? <laughs> and then, like, as soon as Sora gets his Keyblade back, Fucking just immediately one slash cut the guy down. Yep. And hey, Sora's not fucking around. Damn. Yeah, and so dude, like it even like it does a flash, like the screen just kind of flashes white for a second to be like, oh my god, flash of light. Um, <laughs> and then it shows dude like kind of clutching his chest and hobbling next to Sora. And then as he <laughs> as he does, he like stumbles a little bit and his hood pops off. And hey, you probably guessed, but you know who this was the whole time? I'm thinking. Oh, okay. I got two guesses. I'm going to guess Roxas or shit bitch. Sorry, Riku. <laughs> Rude. But no, yeah, this, this was Roxas. This oh, was basically I like... I did. It's, he's, not, he's not the shit bitch this time. But yeah, no, this it was Roxas. This was basically like... Um, there's never been like, I don't think a proper like explicit uh, explanation of what happened in this moment. Like them coming out and saying it's exactly this. But basically mm -hmm. the interpretation is that like this was kind of the moment when Roxas, like, fully remerges back into Sora and, like, accepts, like, that Sora is, like, I guess the the, mm -hmm. ver the version of the two of them that has to be able to go out and, like, do all of this or whatever. Because he even turns to Sora and says, you make a good other. So, like, this was basically Roxas just kind of accepting that, like, he's gotta die for Sora to live. <laughs> so, like... Hooray! Um, and then, and then, this is where the um, the original game's version of the cutscene ends. It like goes back out 
to uh, Donald and Goofy, which we'll get to that in a minute because the Final Mix version of the game adds some extra shit. Um, <laughs> we like we see Roxas uh, waking up, lying on the ground outside of the uh, mansion in Twilight Town, and basically just in a daze, not knowing what's happening. You're supposed to like get the, the idea that this is like when he first formed or whatever. And a dude yeah. who, like, because the camera is angled from behind this guy so they can focus on Roxas, we don't actually see him for a good minute, but, like, it's clearly Zimnus. We've seen, we've played enough of the game now that we recognize his voice. Um, basically comes up and, like, <laughs> gives him his name. He, like, waves his hand and, like, Sora's name spelled out in these ridiculous Hot Topic-looking letters, like, appear yeah. in the air in front of him. And then he, like, waves his hand don't go hate on hot topic letters do what i said don't go hate on hot topic letters fair but he like waves his hand real quick and the letters like start to spin around and shuffle up and then like an x appears in the middle and they all like slam into place and it's like your new name is roxas and he's like okay i, I guess i'm roxas <laughs> and then <laughs> and then we actually see like from roxas's perspective looking up at zimnis and oh my god he his character design really works a lot better when you can see his hair versus, like, just seeing his face poking out of a hood right here. And Zimnus is like, that is right. The new you. And <laughs> it just looks so goofy like this. I can't fucking get over this shot. Um, oh, hang on. It's still in the other thing. I've been posting everything into the right channel. But, yeah, there we go. Making sure everything posted. Um, yeah, so far, everything's been popping up. Okay. Uh, then we switch from that, <laughs> from that with, like, no transition, really, from, um, oh, no, yeah, he does say, like, come with me, I'll give you a purpose, or something like that, so, like, basically this being, like, the moment that he was found by Zimnus and recruited into Organization 13 to work for them, um, we switch from that to, um, a scene of Roxas and Axel, oh, hang on forgot to actually select the picture there we go now it'll post <laughs> of uh, roxas and axel hanging out on the clock tower in twilight town uh eating ice cream i was about to ask if they had the ice cream you know they have the ice cream they're two members I have the picture. you will uh, you will see more of this but they are two members of what is dubbed the ice cream trio two bros chilling on a clock tower five feet apart because they're not gay <laughs> In fairness, they are more of like a big brother, little brother kind of friendship, but like I said, <laughs> but yeah, so like Roxas uh, and Axel are hanging out eating ice cream. Uh, Axel is like, man, I miss the old times. You still got it memorized to which uh, Roxas is like, yep, uh, or, yep, always did or something like that. I figured exactly what Roxas says, but basically says yes. Um, I didn't write down. Uh, what do you mean? Unable to share a network error occurred. Come on now. Hang on. Are you having trouble again? Uh, why are you doing this to me? Oh, the picture's too big. Hang on, I gotta crop it down a little bit more. Just, just say that. Just say that that's what it is. There we go. I didn't need to crop it down much. Um, there we go. But I, I didn't write down their exact dialogue because it's more just like the feeling of what's going on. Um, basically, this scene is the two of them saying goodbye to each other as Axel dies and Roxas, like, I guess, fully accepts being absorbed into Sora or something like that. <laughs> um, but so Axel's like, 
uh, remembering the first time that they sat uh, the, up there on that clock tower watch, uh, watching the sunset. Hang on, I'm getting stretched by Julie. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and uh, Roxas is basically like, yeah, man, we've it's been it's been a whole it's been like a time and a half. We've had all kinds of adventures and I even made friends. <laughs> but, um, you know, Axel, I got to go. Sora's waiting for me. So take care, okay? <laughs> and Axel's like, yeah, right back at you, buddy. As the two of them <laughs> both like fade into light, and <laughs> I'm oh not, I'm not even like. Don't get me wrong. Like the way it's presented is like a fairly emotional scene. I'm just summarizing it because it's also really short. But <laughs> but just to really drive home, hey, BT Dubs, we're supposed to be sad now. I don't even. We don't even see which one of them it is. I. Based on the timing, I assume it's Axel, but <laughs> we get Brandon a shot. Yeah, we get a shot of a random teardrop falling in between where the two of them were as they both poof. <laughs> Maybe it was just milking ice cream. Do what? Maybe it was. Maybe it was just milking ice cream. Right, and um, so this is where it goes back into the original cutscene with Roxas like turning to Sora and being like, "You make a good other." Um. So all of that happened, but we do get a new Keyblade. <laughs> Hang on, we're also. Is it a good one? It's um, I kind of dig the design. Hang on one sec. There it goes. It's like super, super like this is Roxas as a Keyblade. <laughs> um, oh dear. It's it's final mix only. This wasn't in the base game. Um, it's called Two Become One. Uh, stats, if I remember right, are fairly balanced. I don't quite remember. Um, but it also like. <laughs> has a special effect that um i forget what name what the name for it was but it's like something ridiculous or something i don't quite remember um i really needed to rethink the end of that keyboard which end the the stabby end oh yeah <laughs> well you know the fact that it has a curve to it too yeah you know there there will it, be it, that it's slightly it's slightly unfortunate there, uh, there will be that. Um, I'll get in a minute to what that actually does because there's still more cutscene happening. <laughs> um, but for now, this is called or the keyblade is called Two Become One. Um, we also get Secret Answer Report Eight. Um, Sora like flashes back out of you know that station of awakening to back where uh, Donald and Goofy were. They're fine. The nobodies that were blocking them are gone now. Um, but, you know, they do the whole, like, oh, my God, I'm so happy to see you. It's been forever, even though it's been, like, two minutes. <laughs> Basically, um, Donald and Goofy tell him that, like, he just suddenly vanished and they had to find a whole bunch of nobodies, just the two of them, which I would have liked to see that because we don't really get to see Donald and Goofy being badass very much. But fine, whatever. Um, and uh, so, uh, they're like, so where did you go anyway? And Sora's like, I met... I don't. I'm not really sure, but I met someone, and he said something about he defeated Riku. That doesn't. That can't be right, though, right? And Goofy's like, "Oh, if he said he defeated Riku." <laughs> well, first off, Donald straight up says no one could beat Riku, and it's like Sora did. <laughs> Sora beat Riku. The guy that you're talking to beat Riku as part of the last game. Lordy. Um, and then Goofy is basically like. Yeah, Donald's right. If he said that he beat Riku, he must have just been messing with your head, which is probably why could we uh, why we never even saw him. And it's like they don't even dwell on that. The cutscene just ends. <laughs> so it's 
So like it's it's not even like that's supposed to be anything ominous. I think it's more just because of the nature of this being just a Sora and Roxas thing. I think it happened like entirely within Sora's heart or something like that. So there was nothing for the two of them to see. Sora just kind of disappeared into himself for a minute. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I'm still getting shushed. <laughs> huh? I'm still getting shushed. Um. Wait, who's shushing you? Julie. Hi, Julie. Oh, no, she's texting me to be quiet, like, from a different room. Um, this is where, I'm not going to point out all of them, but the names for areas in within the world that never was, especially once you enter the castle, are buck wild. Uh, we, <laughs> we come up to a cliff called the Brink of Despair. I'm not kidding, that is the, that is the canonical name for this little spot. <laughs> It's called Sounds like a terrible place. It's called the Brink of Despair. Um and this is where Mickey's back in the cutscene, so it's again kinda like they were just like, Well, what should we do with him? Uh fuck it, he ran ahead. Um <laughs> I didn't even get to talk about the fact that over at Memory Skyscraper, there's randomly a semi truck that's like overturned. Every time you go to Memory Skyscraper, there's a semi that's overturned. That's the only vehicle we see in this world, and I don't know why. I don't know what that's supposed to be. If the world just came into existence like that, or if someone at some point was driving a semi and it crashed, I don't fucking know. Like it's it's nothing it's nothing important. Like it this isn't me like setting up something that's gonna like turn out to matter. It's just something that's always bugged me personally a little bit. Like what? Why is right. this here? What is this? <laughs> because because <laughs> like it, I mean it's called Dark City, and like if we saw you know like wrecked cars and trucks all over the place then i'd be like oh okay this used to be like an actual world and it got overrun but like it's just this and i (laughs) I don't get it (laughs) anyway though not the point um they cannot go any further because like i said they're at a cliff and they can actually see the castle kind of floating off in the distance a little bit but it's like well shit i can't jump that far So (laughs) so they all basically are just like well now what and um, I'll tell you now what the uh, the cutscene actually goes to fucking their castle dungeon, which just looks like this. Hang on a second. Like, I assume they must have more of these, <laughs> but this is the only one that we see. Uh, uh, basically, this is where Kyrie and Pluto are being kept. <laughs> fucking what did it, what happens? Hang on. Um, Syx walks by just long enough to like taunt her and then leave, basically. Um, like he comes by and she's like, Hey, let, let us out. What do you, what do you want us here? Or why do you want us here? And he's like, you are the fire that feeds the anger in Sora's heart. And it's like, what? <laughs> what does Calm down there, right? <laughs> Kyrie's just like, what does that mean? Can I please go home now? In English, please. <laughs> right. Um, but this is where Nominee pops up. Like she opens a portal into the room and is just like, Hey, come with me. And, Kyrie, it in like the most we don't see um enough of Kyrie to me like she, she barely has a personality just because she's not in the game much and when she is it's mostly like she's in danger but she's also like right we see enough of her to realize I think she's one of the most sensible people in this entire cast of dumbasses because when Nominee opens a swirling vortex in the wall even for as much as she's had to put up with so far, like, I probably would not hesitate and would just be like, yeah, all right, cool. Someone's got a door. Go for it. Even she, even then, she's like, 
who the fuck are you? Like, <laughs> why are you coming to me? And um, and nominate, nominates just just holds out her hand and she's like, "You've got to believe in yourself." And then Pluto, always able to tell that someone's friendly, like immediately runs into the portal, like past her. And so Kyrie's mm-hmm. like, "Well, I I guess that's enough evidence for me." And it's not like I've got anything else going on, so. <laughs> She like stands up and reaches out and takes Kyrie's hand, or not Kyrie. She takes uh, Nominee's hand, and when their hands touch, did I take a picture of this part? I don't think that I did because it's silly. I did not. Um, as soon as their hands touch, there's like a huge flash of light, and I'm not even kidding. It causes like a green light bridge to extend down from some other spot in the castle. Like it would make sense to me if this. If it went to the dungeon where Kyrie just was, because that's where it like formed or whatever. But no, this goes to just a different part of the castle, down to Brink of Despair, so that Sora and the others can like enter the castle. <laughs> I don't know why that's what it took, but from Sora and their uh, Sora's perspective, they're just sitting there like, "Well, shit, now what? Oh, fuck! There's a bridge." <laughs> And internally, these two girls held hands for like a second, and boom, magic bridge. Because I guess that's what happens when you meet your nobody. I mean, you don't see a bridge when you meet your nobody? I guess not. To be fair, I don't know that I've met them. Um, (laughs) Or maybe you have and you just don't know it. Yeah, that's also fair. Um, But this is where the special effect that uh, that Two Become One has um, will come into effect. Because basically before, like, immediately continuing on with the game, uh, Nico left to do a little bit more grinding and take care of some other mushroom stuff and whatnot. Um, basically, what Two Become One does is this is uh, at any point after um, the scene with Roxas, you can randomly access final form when you're trying to go into another drive form. Um, and then once you access it randomly, it'll not just be on your list so that you can use it forever. Um, here's a picture of Final Form. This one's like, it's kind of neat. Um, this is supposed to be like the full crystallization of Sora's powers or whatever for right now. Um, he can mm-hmm. he can fly. This is actually how you get Glide as you level. That's it's like level up skill. Uh, you've got two Keyblades that will just hover behind you and are set to like automatically just strike out and stab at shit. But also like you can still press the attack button to, like, make them do stuff, but, like, <laughs> they're also just kind of set to automatically hit people that run up to, run up at you. Um, but basically, after the, after the cutscene with Roxas, um, at any point, starting from there, whenever you use a drive form, there's, like, X percentage of a chance that it will instead unlock final form, and then now you just have it forever. So what 2 become 1 does... <laughs> is one, it increases that percentage to make it more likely that you'll get final form. But then also, it sets it so that if you don't get final form when you're activating a drive form, instead of getting the drive form that you picked, so like if you selected Valor form, for example, instead of getting Valor, you will only get anti-form if you don't like unlock uh, final form that time. <laughs> so it's like all or nothing. Um, after final form has been unlocked, I... I don't know. I've ne- I've never used it past that point, so I don't know if that's still in effect. Like, you know, after you've unlocked Final Form, if you then try to hit Valor, it'll just put you in Anti Form anyway, or something. I've never tried. Now that I think about it, um, uh-huh. 
<laughs> but so that's basically that's what that does. Um, and then of course from there you can just I mean, it's got good stats, so you can keep using it if you want. But this is where we do kind of pause for a bit, partly because that was like him unlocking Final Form was like right at the end of an episode. So like instead of immediately going into the castle, he did some other stuff. Um, right. <laughs> the people that had been watching him and talking to him in the comments since it had asked him to film himself using um, one of those like square um, with hole in the middle uh, gummy ships on the hardest version of the uh, gummy route for Twilight Town. So he went ahead and did that with, um, with, I can finally show you the one that he used. He, he made a donut chip that he calls, that he named Supreme Bullshit because. I like it. I love it. Yeah. Like that's, that's all that it is. That's literally what you've got to do is just like enough of a structure to have like a ring and then just attach guns to it. And since there's... I'm honestly surprised, though, that they let that go through the game. I mean, even Animal Crossing has a filter for anything that Nintendo thinks is profanity. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. And um, this is Disney. <laughs> but, oh, well, oh, yeah, no, the fact that he was able to name it that. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But I'm surprised the oversight on, like, why people do this is even in the game. Um, because, like, literally, no enemy ships can shoot him since there's nothing in that in that middle area because that's where they aim. The only thing that can hurt him is if like something explodes nearby and he's close enough to the explosion that he gets hurt. <laughs> but like just from regular enemy uh enemy shots, you're fine. Nothing's going to oh. hurt you anymore. Um and so uh, he did he did that real quick at the beginning of the next episode. And apparently, since I've never done this shit, I don't bother with the gummy routes that, enough for it. <laughs> If you uh, beat with, I guess, with an S rank, that the, um... <laughs> okay, after you do a gummy route, you'll get, like, three challenge versions where it gets harder and harder. So, like, doing challenge mode three of Assault on the Dreadnought, <laughs> if you clear it with an S rank, you get a new gummy ship called Finrear, and it's literally just cloud on his motorcycle. I love it. It's so stupid. It's it's so good. But anyway, uh, all of that aside, getting back into the actual game now. <laughs> they they run inside and Sora just like starts shouting, "Kyrie, where are you? Come on out!" <laughs> to which me uh, to which Mickey immediately shushes him and is like, "Dude, we are in Organization Thirteen Stronghold. They will hear you and come and attack." And Sora's like, "Oh crap! Yeah, sorry about that." <laughs> and then Mickey. <laughs> runs off <laughs> which again ba- uh, basically he says he's got other stuff he needs to take care of and they the developers just didn't want to have to like figure out what to do with him during fights so he <laughs> just runs off again as um, one does do what as one does of course um we do switch to a cutscene of Kyrie nominee and pluto running i forgot to actually take a picture of of how they're running because it's so funny. They both basically have just got their hands like sort of just up for some reason, like up to the side, but they're also holding hands. <laughs> so the, their arms make them look like a fucking W. But as they're running, they like, or Syx shows up to try and taunt them. And so they both try to bow up. And it's like, you two skinny bitches ain't gonna do nothing. <sighs> <laughs> right? Little gangly asses and bitches. I know. 
<laughs> but basically, like, he shows up and he's like, I'm sorry, Kyrie. And hands are bigger than your hands? I know. <laughs> I know. Everybody got yaoi hands in this. Um, <laughs> um, <sighs> Kingdom yaoi hands. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, right. Sayak shows up to taunt them. Uh, basically, he kind of ignores Naminé, and he's like, I'm sorry, Kyrie, but leaving is not an option. And she's like, oh, fuck you, man. <laughs> and he's, uh, what does he say? Um, yeah, he tells them that, like, he can't let Kyrie escape, um, but he does offer to, like, he's like, do you want to see Sora? And she's like, yes, yeah, that's why I'm escaping. Like, what? And he's like, oh, good, I'll take you to him. And she's like, oh, sus, I don't trust you. <laughs> I immediately do not trust that, sir. Uh, but we don't have to worry about it for long because the guy that we've been calling Ansem so far shows up and he's got, you can see in that, that background shot, he's got a keyblade of his own now. Boop, I like that keyblade. Ooh. A, yeah, it's called The Way to Dawn. Or Way to That's like a more jazzed up version of the one freaky looking one. Yeah, basically it's, yeah, it's um, Soul Leader, but like it has become his keyblade now. Which is, yeah. Is that neat. supposed to be like Sephiroth ring on the end? No, <laughs> I'm not sure why that's there. I I guess they were just I like just thinking because the one wing thing, you know, because one wing angel. Yeah, I guess they were just like, well, shit. What are we gonna do for like the teeth? Because this is still supposed to be a key, and they're like, fuck it, give it another wing, but make it a white wing to show that he's good. It still works. <laughs> and I'm like, you well, because look at the well, because at the bottom, well, on the bottom on the hill, you know, it's got the one dark wing and one white wing. So now you've got the dark blade and the one whiter wing. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it works. It's or, also know, just kind of... had whitish wings. So, like, I mean, it works. It is just also kind of silly. Like, this looks a little bit funky to, like, try to hold on to and use. But it is ultimately a neat design. I like that the uh, keychain for it is the heartless symbol, but without the X. Right. So, it's just the, like, like little ornamental-looking heart. Um. Anyway, though, uh, <laughs> he shows up, and... Because, like, Syx has also got, like, a couple of like bigger nobodies behind him being like haha look i've got these tough guys so definitely don't try to run you skinny little bitches and, <laughs> and he like immediately cuts down those nobodies to which Sykes just turns around he doesn't even like look scared or anything just annoyed <laughs> and uh dude shoots like a blast of like darkness fire at him like it's literally just called dark fireaga um at Syx, but Syx like throws his arms up and blocks it basically it does like knock him back a little bit which is kind of cool we see him like skid um but <laughs> then instead of using his keyblade to try and like attack Syx, he just like slams into him and shoves him against the wall and tells uh Kyrie and nominee to keep going and nominee's like all right we'll leave it <laughs> she's like all right we'll leave it to you riku and Syx makes a portal and just nopes out he's like well there's some stuff happening and i don't fucking care um dude does not want to be here for conversations um i mean let's be honest everyone's had that moment at some point yeah you know he's just that moment embodied really uh but yeah so like nominee has officially addressed him by name she has called this guy that so far we've been calling ansem riku um and Kyrie's like yo wait what riku and like he also tries to leave he's like well, this is awkward i'm gonna have to give explanations um bye and Kyrie's like no wait and then like removes his hood but like he still looks like Ansem from the first game but from this moment on he is officially speaking in his no 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 that doesn't happen yet I started to get ahead of myself 
something hilarious and kind of dumb will happen soon. Don't you worry. Did I mention before that after Roxas we got... I'm always worried. <laughs> Do what? I'm always worried. Especially when you tell me not to worry. Oh no, this is more just like, oh don't worry, we're gonna get to it. It's I almost, I almost said a thing and got ahead of myself, but don't worry, it's actually happening. Um, Just not right this, now. This is don't worry. Um, did I mention that we got Secret Ends from Report 8 a minute ago after the Roxas thing? I don't remember if I said it or not, but we did. Um, well, I mean, in any case, you did now, so. Yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, crap. What was the name of this area that we are officially in right now for the next cutscene? Hang on one sec, because it's also stupid. Yeah, okay, just to, just to give you a, a little taste of how fucking dumb uh, the rooms here are. <laughs> We uh, this next cutscene happens in a place that is called the Hall of Empty Melodies. What the fuck does that mean, guys? Sounds like a happy, cheerful place to me. I mean, <laughs> that's what this is the cap the castle of happy, cheerful places. Um, sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Bye, uh, But yeah, so Sora, Donald, and Goofy run into this area. Syx is like watching them from a balcony. <laughs> And Sora like tries to yell at him. He's like, "Hey, what what's going on? Where's Kyrie?" And he's like, "Oh, she's probably catching up right now. She's probably catching up with her friend from the darkness." And Sora's like, "The fuck does that mean? What are you talking about?" Um, and he's like, "Don't worry. The point is, we don't need you anymore. The only thing you need to worry about is that we don't need you anymore. You see that?" <laughs> and he points at the big heart shaped moon, which I'm sure you've been wondering about. Um, hang on, let me get back over to it. Boop, boop. Nope, too far. There we go. There I we figured go. it was just an aesthetic release. I mean, not wrong, but <laughs> this is Kingdom Hearts. I mean, this is true. <laughs> no, 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 no. The big heart-shaped moon in the sky is Kingdom Hearts. King that's that's Kingdom Hearts. This whole go goddamn sea is a fucking moon. <laughs> it's a moon! It's a big heart-shaped moon! What you're saying is this whole series is moon moon. <laughs> Kingdom Moon Moon. Uh, moon Moon Heart. Uh, oh. God damn it, Moon Moon. Thank <laughs> God. Thank I don't think I can look at the series the same way again. Was Moon Moon hyphenated? I don't remember. No, it, was, it wasn't. Okay, it's two words. Okay, Moon Moon. There we go. This episode is called Kingdom Moon Moon. Do what? This episode is called Kingdom Moon Moon. Right. <laughs> Making a note of that so I don't forget for later. There we go. Anyway, he Syx points out there points to the giant moon, which I'm sure Sword Donald and Goofy were probably like you, like, oh sure, that's a thing. That might as well be here. Um and he says yeah, like this, this is the thing that happens here. Yeah. Uh he says their kingdom hearts is nearly complete. And I'm like, so it's not complete yet, so you're kind of lying when you say that you don't need Sora. Because he also just straight up says it just needs one more big dose of hearts from the Keyblade wielder, and it's like, so you you don't no longer need Sora, you will soon no longer need Sora, but you do still need him for like the next ten minutes. <laughs> well, that's just me being pedantic, I guess. But, <laughs> um, he like snaps his fingers and just, do what? But he, uh, he snaps his fingers and like a fuck ton of Heartless like flood into the room. And obviously, like, Sora's like, oh, crap, well, or, like, uh, Donald or Goofy, one of them says, like, oh, God, we gotta fight him, and Sora's like, but, but the thing, he said that 
it'll help him. And he's like, but Sora, there's a bunch. We gotta. Um, and again, another moment where I wish Kyrie got more screen time because uh, she and now confirmed to be Riku. I don't. I kind of lost track of what happens to Nomine here. She's not in this scene. Um, Nobody cares. Do what? Nobody cares. Eh. I mean, ultimately, I know where she is. I know what has happened to her by this point. It's just that we never actually see it happen, and she's in a cutscene and then not in the next cutscene, which is which is weird to me as far as pacing and stuff. But whatevs. Um, anyway, Kyrie and the guy that we the guy that still looks like Ansem, but that we now officially know to be Riku. <laughs> walk in from literally like a different balcony across from Syx <laughs> and see all of the heartless like flooding in and Kyrie's like come on Riku let's go right, let's go you know you know Sora's hopeless without us backs up some runs and jumps off the balcony not down to where Sora is they're still like they're basically like three floors up so she jumps down like one floor <laughs> so now she's like two floors above him or something like that basically and they just start, and like, she immediately gets dogpiled by Heartless. It's honestly kind of funny. Um, Riku does something. I don't know. There's a flash of light and they're gone. So I guess he like pulled out his Keyblade and attacked him. I don't know. Uh, but he helps her up and he gives her this ke- uh, this Keyblade. Of course it has flowers. Yes. Uh, hang on one sec. There we go. I mean, don't okay, get... Okay. But it actually looks better than the screenshot. Yeah, like I do dig the design of it and how it like, and it's called Destiny's Embrace, and so I do really dig the design of it being like she is from Destiny Islands. Like the handguard and looks like a little star as the as the charm. Yeah, the charm is the little palpu fruit. The handguard looks like the beach, and then waves crashing. Um, yeah, and, I, I like that. I'll dig the it. The flowers don't fit in quite as well, but that's something mm-hmm. that they'll explain later on. As like now, I do like how of... the flowers themselves don't really match it, but I do like how the vines from them come down and they kind of go into part of the handguard. Yeah, I do they, like that. Yeah, they like they make it work into it pretty well. Um, but like, it's not at the very... they don't work quite as well thematically. But basically, we'll learn more about Kyrie's backstory as being like, oh, this is why there are flowers. Um, but yeah, so he answered this keyblade. It's called Destiny's Embrace. Uh, the two of them start fighting Heartless. Sora, I guess, must not see this just because of his positioning, or if, or if he does, he doesn't comment on it. <laughs> um, but instead, it's time to fight Zigbar. Wait, no, is it? Hang on. No, I'm getting ahead of myself because first, oh my god, ah, uh, First, we have, uh, oh yeah, no, can <laughs> while uh, Kyrie and. Riku and then Sora, Donald, and Goofy are all fighting Heartless in the different parts of this room that they're in, and Syx is just watching like, yes, this is exactly what we need. Fucking Pete and Maleficent show up? <laughs> the guys that we haven't seen for like the last probably like good four hours of this game? <laughs> they're here now? <laughs> and he even comments on it like, of course you would be here now or something like that. I don't remember exactly what he says. No, it's his. I think he says like, "Well, the nuisances never cease" or something, and, and they don't acknowledge Syx. He leaves anyway. He's like, "There's too many people in here. I'm done. Bye." Um, <laughs> fucking Maleficent, seeing everything that's going on, how big and ominous this castle is, how full of heartless it now apparently is, turns to Pete and I forgot to write down her exact wording because it's just so very much her. Uh, but basically says something like. 
this castle intrigues her, then they should acquire it. And he's like, I, Pete's like, I don't know. This place is a lot closer to the darkness. Do you think the Heartless would listen to us? And she's just like, you underestimate me. <laughs> she's she's just here to remind us that she exists and to say that she wants to take over this castle. Because, sure. <laughs> Maleficent, I love you. You're beautiful. Never stop. Um, but then we get a... <laughs> oh, keep it together, Steven. Okay. Um... Deep breath, dude. Okay. But not too deep because I can't yawn yet. Actually, hang on. Pause the timer. I want to check one thing just to see if we are um, at the dumbass reveal that I told you about before. Oh, right. Oh, and just for a time check, we're still good. We got like 42 minutes. Awesome. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, we are pretty close. It's like right after the Zigbar boss fight. Okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay okay steven brace yourself cat you brace yourself too because holy shit um we get a cut scene of uh, a shot of like mickey just running through like hallways and staircases and shit just fighting nobodies as he sees them the wild thing to me is that like all the you know chests and shit that are just strewn about that you get stuff from they show them in cutscenes if you're in a room that would have those which is always just so weird to me like i it just feels like that shouldn't be a thing that's actually part of the universe, just a game thing, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, though, he, 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 oh God. Okay. Mickey finds Diz and Diz is carrying just the biggest, dumbest looking device. What the fuck is that? Exactly. I cannot give any explanation for this without like spoiling what he's going to do with it because that actually is not for like a little bit longer um we'll either get to it probably do what you mean that thing is actually a plot point i mean sort of he uses it for a thing um Ah. yeah so like i i can't get i can't tell you what it is without like basically jumping ahead a little ways but don't you worry it's redonkulous We'll probably, we'll either get to that tonight or we'll stop like right before it. I'm not quite sure how this is going to line up. Um, (laughs) But, but (laughs) the stupid belt thing that Diz has been wearing around his face this entire time, he decides he's done with it and he takes it off and, Uh and oh God, it's been Ansem the Wise this entire time. Are you fucking serious? That's not even the dumbest part. We're gonna get there. Don't worry. We're like a couple Fucking minutes away. Boomer Ed Hardy. Do what? Fucking Boomer Ed Hardy. Ah. Uh, Fucking damn it. I fucking hate Ansem the Wise slash Diz because of just everything that he is. But this reveal of it being like, oh, BT Dubs, Diz, this mysterious guy who's been saying a bunch of like really ominous and mean stuff to, like, all of the characters that we like. Yeah, he's Ansem the Wise, the dude that Mickey's been looking for. Fucking shit. (laughs) Um, oh god. Okay, Okay, um, again, I didn't write down the dialogue, partly because it's Ansem and I didn't want to, uh, but the gist of it is that, like, he... Absolutely fair. (laughs) Right. Um, he, he explains to Mickey, like, 
you know, make, basically Mickey's like, you know, why have you come all this way? What are you doing? What's that thing? Um, and he goes on this whole long speech about how he feels responsible for Organization 13 existing because their core, like, six members were his apprentices that betrayed him. But he's also been so overcome by revenge that his only goal so far, the only thing that he could, like, really keep his mindset on was destroying them again because he feels responsible for all the damage that they've done. And, you know, if I didn't hate this guy so much, that would actually be a fair motivation to be perfectly honest, but I don't. But we hate it. But I don't care. <laughs> you can just shut the hell up right now, my dude. I don't care about how you're so overcome with revenge and all of this other bullshit. Did I? Hang on. Did I forget to? I forgot to save any pictures. No, that's no, that's right. We don't actually like see it happen until we get the longer explanation later on. Um. <laughs> Uh, basically, though, like, um, he also says that he blames himself for uh, Riku looking like Ansem. And Mickey's like, yeah, I've been wondering about that. Because the last time that I saw him, he still looked like Riku. But he did say that he had to leave because he, like, needed to do something about the remnants of Ansem, Seeker of Darkness. I, I'm going to have to use their full titles whenever we talk about both of them. Because the bad guy from the first game is still just called Ansem. <laughs> His full name, though, is Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, whereas this guy is Ansem, the wise, in big quotes, because, oof. um, But basically, Riku could still, even after, like, every, uh, everything he had learned in uh, Chain of Memories, he could still feel, like, the remnants of Ansem, Seeker of Darkness in his heart, and so he went off on his own to, like, try and find a way to fully purge that or subdue it, or basically just, I gotta go deal with this. Um... And so that was when he started working for Diz. Uh, who? Ansem told him, told Riku, that if he could capture Roxas, it would help Sora wake up. And at this point, Riku still feels pretty bad about everything that happened in the first game. So he's like, well, shit, if it's going to help Sora, then I guess I better go do this. Um, Ansem doesn't fully understand, or doesn't fully know what happened. Just that he and Roxas fought once and that Riku lost. But the next time that they fought, Riku made sure that he was strong enough to win. And, <laughs> and Mickey also basically confirms like, oh, yeah, okay, so it must have been after that that I saw him next. And he made me promise not to tell Sora what happened to him. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we get, we, like, that's all that this cutscene is, is just the two guys who, like, know the most comparing notes. <laughs> And being like, yeah, hey, remember what happened with Riku? Fucked up. Fucked <laughs> up, <laughs> That's all that was. That's all it was, is the two of them just going, yeah, that really sucks. We did that to a 16-year-old. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Why does it not occur to people more often in this damn game? I know. These are literal children. I know. Um... But anyway, they're still sur uh, we cut back to um, Sora, Donald, and Goofy. They're still surrounded by Heartless, and then a bunch of like these purple little crystal and bolt things like fly down from the ceiling. Well, not really the ceiling. They all fly down from like one of the balconies up above, and like destroy all of the Heartless. And they're like, "Huh? Well, that's convenient. What's going on?" <laughs> and Zigbar like jumps down to taunt them again because of fucking course he does. Um, why the fuck not? 
Yeah, he he walks out of the shadow, like basically walks all the way out onto the balcony so that they can see him because I guess he shot from a little ways back. And he's like, Sora, Roxas. And Sora's like, what? <laughs> You've really put Organization 13 in a pickle. I guess that must be why the Keyblade chose you. But man, did it pick a dud this time. You don't look like you're half the hero the others were. To which Sora's like, huh? <laughs> Would someone please tell me what's going on? And then... Zigbar's like, nah, man, boss fight time. Suck it. Um, <laughs> this fight is actually kind of neat. Um, Zigbar, all of the organization members have got, like, sort of nebulously a power over a thing. Um, Larkseen was lightning. I think they, or electricity, I think they officially label it lightning. Axel had fire. Uh, Marluxia, <laughs> his power is officially labeled flowers, which, sure, I guess. Closest thing I can really pin, uh, pin down. Uh, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, Zigbar's is... I keep... I always want to say it's gravity, but it's actually space, loosely. So, like, he can teleport. He can make himself, like, float upside down. But basically as if, like, that's just how gravity works for him right now. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes this fight really interesting. Because he'll just kind of, like, zip around wherever the fuck he wants to be. So that he can... Because he's... His his weapon is guns, and he puts them together, and they become a sniper rifle. So like, he's not gonna get up close. Um, we do have, uh, depending on how quickly you're able to beat him when he comes down, will kind of determine how many times this happens. Usually, whenever I fight him, it's like two or three times. Um, you do have a couple instances where he'll go up, back up on the balcony, put his guns together into a sniper rifle, and the view changes to be like his pov but you're not controlling him you're so controlling sora trying to run around and like dodge his shots it's really fucking neat um i'd have taken a picture but like sora's so far away that like you can't really see a whole lot from it so like you'll see it when you get watch that part of the video uh but basically what you've got to do is just run and try to dodge your shots and it'll give you an option to like slap them back at him and once you like knock a couple back he'll be like ow okay fine and like go back down to attack you regular style Anyway, all of that aside, the fight ends, and Zora's like, now why did you call me Roxas? And Zigbar just goes, wouldn't you like to know? And then fades out and dies. And he's like, yes. Yes, I would. Why everybody's so rude? But nope, that's him dying. That's me dying. He's not even like, Dude, put more drama into it. Fuck's sake. <laughs> I know. Zigbar will always find a way to just be the biggest piece of shit in the room. I love him for the implications that it brings, but oh my god, can he be frustrating. Um, and this is where we get Secret Answer Report 13, which officially has the dumbest fucking reveal. Even dumber than, oh, it turned out Diz was handsome. Oh, this, wait, this, is this the actual dumb reveal? Yes. This or is, is this a different dumb This reveal? is the dumb reveal that I promised you. So, like, make sure that you're oh, ready. Oh, no. It's, 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 it's worse than fucking Ed Hardy. Oh, it's so much better than that cat. Um, the secret oh, Ansem reports um, that we've been getting throughout the game are from Ansem the Wise's perspective. Basically, him reflecting on, like, everything that's happened while he was in exile uh, between games or whatever. Uh-huh. Secret Ansem Report 3 <laughs> has him decide, okay, so I guess as far as the world knows, I'm basically dead. So I should come up with something else to call myself for right now. Oh, no. <laughs> Here, 
I've I've made friends with darkness. I've made it my power or whatever, which annoys me that he says that because we never really see him doing anything with the power of darkness. Like how Riku has like dark Fyraga blasts and can make like a little dark shield and stuff like that. We never actually see him doing anything. I guess he can open portals, but that's basically it. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's like, I have come to tame darkness within this land of nothingness. Cat, I'm sure you have noticed that Diz is always written capital D, lowercase i, capital Z. Would you like to know what that stands for? No, <laughs> because I don't have a choice. Because do it's I? fucking stupid. It's so dumb. What is it? Darkness in zero. That's my new name. I shall call myself Darkness in Zero, and this will be the moniker that I that I take on to enact my revenge. <laughs> sure, dude. <laughs> Fucking whatever. <laughs> what? It's the dumbest thing. Oh my god. Oh, although it does have me have me like halfway considering changing my name in the Discord to D capital D lowercase I capital N, so it's like Disney N minus or some shit. Cranberry sweetie, get off the couch. Mommy needs to pick something. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Oh my god. It's 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 so fucking stupid. He thinks he's being so cool, but he's not. He's just He's being the hot topic edgelord we all thought we were in high school. <laughs> exactly. He thinks he's that unironically. It's so uh, I if I didn't hate him so much, this would be the best thing ever. But I just I hate everything that Ansem represents because he's such a piece of shit. Like, not even a fun piece of shit. Like, Zigbar's a piece of shit. Like, huh. Like, if I could if I could pick anyone in this series to just make sure that they stayed dead permanently and, like, they were 100% gone, the next game ends with them getting a real-world funeral, it would be handsome because fuck him. <sighs> oh, my God. But anyway, um, we gotta, we gotta keep going. We... <laughs> We go to a cutscene outside where uh, basically all of the Heartless that Sora was just fighting, all of their hearts are just floating up to Kingdom Hearts, and it just makes it look like it's a whole bunch of dots going up. And <laughs> we, we see fucking Zimnus being like, yes, Kingdom Hearts, except this la- uh, this final offering of hearts. And oh, I forgot to write down his exact wording because it's a trip, but basically he's like, Accept this power, share this power with me and with all nobodies. And then Saix is like in the background and he's like, so is it done yet? And then Zimnus is basically like, almost. And he's like, so I can drop this charade? And Zimnus is like, yes. And he's like, okay, good. And then leaves. And it's like, I don't even really know what charade he's talking about. Because like, the next time we see him, honestly, kind of fits. It doesn't really feel like he's like done a 180 or anything like that. But fucking whatever. We'll get to that in a bit. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um. <sighs> okay. Okay. There's a more emotional moment coming up. I want to make sure I've got all my laughs out. Because, damn. Um, Sora and Kyrie finally reunite. They have managed to fight their way to being finally in the same spot of the castle. Uh, as, as soon as they see each other... Kyrie runs up and hugs him, and she even, like, 
is just holding him so close, and we just hear her whisper, this is real, because you know for all of that time period where, like, she could, like, kind of remember Sora, but not really because all that stuff was going on with making people forget about him, she was probably, like, she, like, probably had all these feelings of, like, there is a guy out there that I should go find, but I don't even know if he's real. So, I don't know. It's just really sweet to me how she's just like, this is real. But <laughs> this is the second time where Riku is like, well, they're back together. I guess I'm going to go. <laughs> and, God damn it, Riku. Well, I mean, you know, to be fair, it's not like Kairi knows who he is, but it's not like Sora, Dolan, and Goofy do yet. Um, <laughs> and Sora... Quit it off, God damn it. I know. <laughs> Sora... Um, <laughs> Riku's just awkward penguin in human form, honestly. Um, Sora sees him off to the side, and before he can leave, he's like, Wait, Ansem, I mean, Xehanort's heartless. I always thought that you must be really, really bad, and that there was nothing good in you. But you helped Kairi, so now I don't really know. Maybe there is some good in you after all. And Kairi's like, Oh, crap, that's right, Sora, come here a second. And she's like... <laughs> She like stops Riku from leaving. I think she. I think she also just addresses him as Riku, and Sora's like, "Well, what?" <laughs> uh, oh God! But anyway, she like holds holds both of their hands together to like make them touch, and is like, she's like, "Sora, close your eyes. You'll be able to see it." And he does. He closes his eyes, and then like the darkness. I guess their hearts connecting or whatever. He's able to see Riku as he truly is, but still wearing the organization cloak because you know why not. Um, <laughs> And so the three of them are finally reunited. From this moment on, he will drop the Ansem voice. <laughs> they have him just talking in his, like, regular Riku voice coming out of this big, muscular man. It's so stupid. God. I know. Um, this is where he finally gets Oblivion back. I don't... I'm sure you probably remember which one Oblivion is, because it was one of the ones he said it was cool, but I did get a picture of it anyway, just in case. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <sighs> fucking Goofy's like, oh, all of those clues we must have been getting, that must have been Riku. And he, he just kind of laughs and he's like, yeah, I wasn't sure if you guys would have figured that out. Sora never did pick the smartest friends. And it's like, bitch, you and Kyrie are Sora's friends. Are you calling yourselves idiots? Because not wrong. <laughs> um, but, uh, but Sora's like, basically like, do you know how long, or do you know if you're going to be stuck like this forever? And Riku's basically like, I don't know. There's still a lot of fighting to do. I still I took this form so that I could use the power of darkness at like my full potential or whatever. And it looks like I still need to do that. So I don't know how much longer I'm going to have to stay like this or even if I'll ever be able to go back. And it's like, well, that's kind of sad. But anyway, the cutscene ends. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, OK, we made it. We oh, my God. <laughs> OK. Okay, okay, are you ready for more stupid? We're going back over to Ansem and Mickey, so, like, the stupid is about to hit. Oh, God, we got 20 minutes to get in, stupid. Okay, I just posted a picture. Pew, pew. <laughs> okay, give me your best guess at what is going on in that picture before I tell you what Ansem's fucking plan is here. Well, it looks like he's trying to Care Bear stare the moon into oblivion. You know, you're kind of, you're kind of there. You're not 100% wrong. That device that he's holding, we never get an official name for it, but it's basically like an encoder. 
His uh-huh. plan is to encode Kingdom Hearts as data and download it into which I guess, so I guess this is supposed to be like a computer plus a laser. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, this is probably just supposed to be like another version of the laser from Tron. Now that I think of it, since that was his office canonically. Right. Um, so yeah, I guess this is just a portable version of that. But yeah, so his right. his plan is to encode Kingdom Hearts as data so that Organization 13 can't use it. And Mickey's like, gosh. And he sets it down and aims it at the moon and turns it on and a big beam fires. And from now on, in any cutscene where the moon has been visible, you can see the fucking beam of light going at it. Because, I mean, sure. It's not like they were just going to ignore that. Oh my god. Oh. Um, but anyway, all of that aside, all of the stupid aside, we officially come to what is one of my favorite rooms in the series, but definitely my favorite room of the world that never was, just for like all of the detail and the implication that is packed into this little bitty ass room. This room is called the <laughs> the proof of existence. And basically, um, all of the Organization 13 members, except for Zimnus, have got a little spot on the floor there that normally would have, like, that little tombstone-looking thing that would glow. It's never fully explained what these do, because ultimately this is just to get you in and to get in a couple of boss fights. So it's not like this goes to their private room or anything. It just goes to a space where... My, my thinking is that it must take you to where they are right now or something if they're uh-huh. in the castle. Because it would it would have to either be that or like their private space, but like one of the ones that it takes you to for a boss fight is just a balcony. So like, I mean, unless the dude just likes the balcony, um, <laughs> also reasonable. I mean, fair. But um, what I really dig about this, um, it's hard to get pictures of, and one because like if you're watching a let's play, the person's generally walking around, so it's not like you can really pause at very good times to get pictures of them and if you do it's going to be a shit ton of pictures um and then i couldn't really find any online um so i say all that to say you'll see in the video like what actually it looks like all of the spots on the floor have got like a little like silhouette representation of each organization member's weapon Except for, <laughs> Zenith doesn't have a little spot on the floor like the others. That big swirling white marble looking thing in the back, that's his version of one of these. <laughs> because he's gotta be that extra. Um, but, and the funniest fucking part is when this game came out, they still, you hadn't had um, re-Chain of Memories yet, the like PlayStation port of it. The only version of Chain of Memories that existed was on the Game Boy, and you didn't get anything resembling a Zexion Zexion boss fight. So they didn't know what they wanted his weapon to be yet. (laughs) So his panel is just destroyed to the point that you can't see what was there. (laughs) Which is one of the funniest things that they've done in this series as far as trying to cover up a detail that they were like, well, shit, I don't know. Um, But anyway, no, what's really really cool about uh, this room, like I said, each little spot on the floor has kind of an image of a the weapon of a member of organization 13 um let me let me get back over to it hang on and so whenever you examine each one it will actually tell you like what their title was 
um, because each of them has a title aside from just their name because, again, these guys are fucking extra. Um, and so I will go ahead and read that list because, I mean, there's only like 13 of them and each one is only a couple of words, so fuck it, why not? And plus, some of these are just wild. Um, Zimnus is number one. This is also where you can, like, I mean, if you check if you go into Jiminy's journal and tab over and check each person, you'll, like, be able to see what their number is. But this is also just a convenient way for you to see, like, oh, this guy was number this, so on and so forth. Um, so Zimnus, of course, is number one. His title is the Superior of the In-Between. That's the kind of shit we're dealing with here. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Zigbar is number two. He He's called the Free Shooter, I guess, just because like, he can go anywhere and also his weapon is guns. Uh, Zaldin is the Whirlwind Lancer. He's number three. Bexen, I always forget, was number four, but he is part of the original six, so it's not like there were any other options. Uh, he is the, uh-huh. the chilly academic, <laughs> which just makes him sound cooler than he is. Uh, Lexeus, number five, is the silent hero. Uh, number six, Zexion, is the cloaked schemer, which is also, like, I guess, <laughs> in another spot where they were like, this is a thing that sounds cool, but it doesn't really lend itself to a weapon that we can show for him. His weapon, ultimately, mm-hmm. if you remember from um, Re-Chain of Memories, is a book. Like, almost like a spell book or something like that. I think its official name is, like, a lexicon or something like that. Um, so, like, he'll, like, use that to cast illusions and shit, because that's his, uh, like, area or whatever is illusions. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, number seven is Syx. Uh He is the Luna Diviner which we will come to see exactly what that means for him here in a minute. Uh, possibly that may be the beginning of the next episode, depending on how this is shaking out. Uh, Axel was number eight. He is the Flurry of Dancing Flames, which is so much more wordy than everybody else. Uh, <laughs> Dimix, number nine, was the Melodious Nocturne. Luxord is number ten, the Gambler of Fate. Because of course he is. Uh, Marluxia. kind of badass, you have to admit. Do what? Gambler Fate sounds kind of badass. It does. It does. I I like Luxord as a character. He's a cool dude, but I fucking hate fighting him, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, Marluxia was number 11. He is the Graceful Assassin. Larxenes is fucking badass sounding. She's number 12, and she was the Savage Nymph, because they were like, oh, you're cute, and you'll kill all of us if if we make you angry. So, like... And then Roxas number thirteen was the key of destiny, and what's kind of kind of weird, but I guess I can see why they did this because it's just kind of come to be more associated with him instead of having instead of it being the kingdom key like Sora because that is his default if you remember from the first couple hours of the game. Um, his panel shows um, Oblivion and Oathkeeper like crossed, even though he never actually did that. Like, during his time in the organization, that wasn't really something he unlocked until, like, after he left, which is kind of funny. Um, but mm-hmm. whatever. Basically, I think it was just them wanting to be cool. Uh, so that is, that's the proof of existence, which, again, is, like, my favorite room, my favorite room, at least in the castle. Because, like, this is all of them, because the, the organization's whole thing with them being nobodies is... You know, we, we, we are nothingness given form. We technically, we don't even really exist. So this was them basically setting aside a, a room in the castle to be like, no, I am here. This is me. And all the ones that are dead, all of their little, like, 
monument things have been destroyed and are crumbled, which is a little bit sad. <laughs> because, no, you're not. You're not here anymore, bitch. <sighs> yeah. But anyway, we must continue. Uh, so we go through... Um, the un- I keep. I always think that you can do th- these next two boss fights in any order, uh, whenever I try to remember the two of them. But you can't. You have to do one and then the other. Uh, the other, like, the little terminal thing for it is inactive until you beat the first one. Uh, so you go through the one that's available right now, and this is where you go out onto a balcony, and everyone's just like, yo, what's that? And Riku's like, oh, it must be... Riku's like, oh, it must be Ansem the Wise, and they're just like, sure. <laughs> they just accept it. They're like, yeah, okay. Um, they're like, sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> Damn it, I guess I woke, I guess I woke really up. She texted me again to stress me. <laughs> Stephen, goddamn it! Can you not keep it together for ten more minutes? I am sorry. I get no matter you how I I try to keep myself quiet, but like especially when you get excited, I get loud. I don't intend to. It happens anyway. Um, <laughs> while they're enjoying this beautiful scenery, fucking giant cards come out of nowhere and like swirl around and eat everyone but Sora. I'm not kidding. This is what happens. And Luxor just like, yo. <laughs> like, Sora's even like, you! And he just goes, let's skip the formalities. Like the opening to a rap battle. You know, you're not wrong, is the thing. I could really see Luxor being into some rap battles. Um, right. But, like, he even just goes, let's skip the formalities, and immediately the fight starts. And this is what I mean about it being really frustrating to try to fight him, because um, it, it in- his power, loosely, is time, which... I get as far as the mechanic in these fights, but it doesn't really play into the gambling thing very much. I feel like they should have given him, like, luck or something, but that would also be... That would also probably be hard to do. Like, how do you really, like, make a fight around luck? Eh. Um, but anyway, because, like, you know, if this were a movie or something, he could be, like, Domino from... Um, um, damn it. Deadpool 2. Or stuff just, like, you know, Rube Goldberg's itself around him or something like that. Um... <sighs> Did I post it? Can you see the picture? For the Battle for Time? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. So what it is, is um, throughout this fight, and you, you still have your health bar also, so if you get, you now got basically two ways that you can die, if you run out of time or if you run out of health, uh, because his attacks still hurt you. Um, but basically, as the two of you, like, one, just hitting him will take away his time, and likewise, you getting hit will make yours go down some. But mainly what this will revolve around is um, he'll start playing games, kind of like the gamblers do, where it'll like you'll have to or you'll have to try to time your button press just right, and if you land on an X, then you lose some time and something bad happens. Whereas if you land on circle, like he'll basically get hit, this time bar will go down. The two versions of this that he has are <laughs> you can turn into a playing card if you get it wrong, <laughs> and. Which case you kind of like hop around and whenever you press the attack button, you'll like lay down flat and like swing or sort of spiral yourself almost like someone's like throwing a card. So basically you're trying to give your opponent a paper cut? A little bit. <laughs> In like the most literal sense possible. Or. Oh, the Sora, that's a bad face to be on a die. That's just so stupid. Yeah, or you can turn into a die. In which case, again, you'll hop around. And whenever you press the attack button, you'll just kind of like eh, just shoot forward a little bit, and be like, eh, and slam into him. 
And, like, that never lasts long, though. It'll last, like, 30 seconds long enough to be inconvenient, basically. So, like, you really want to try to, like, not lose um, his little games or whatever. <laughs> but you finally manage all of that, and um, the cutscene has him, like, throw up a wall of cards around himself to try and block Sora's next attack, but Sora just fucking slices right through that shit. <laughs> and Luxord, like, the cards go away, and Luxord is just, like, on the ground, like, oh my god, clutching his chest. And he even says, like, Roxas, how could you? Or something like that. <laughs> and then he just dies. <laughs> Good. <laughs> now, wait, does he stay dead? Yes. Well, I mean, okay. you know, in the in as much as anyone in this series stays dead. We're not going to fight him again in this game. Um, okay. I mean, that's, fa- that's very fair. Yeah. Um, like I said, if I could pick anyone to actually stay dead, it would be Ansem. Ugh, God. Right. Uh, this is where we get Secret Anthem Report 9. I officially have three that I need to include. Um, how, what are we looking at as far as time? Uh, let me switch to the timer. Five minutes. Mm. Do you want to go ahead and leave it now? or? Yeah, because the next... Um, we've got... Basically, next up is the boss fight with Saix. And then right um, immediately after that... like it's The fight itself isn't a whole lot to discuss. But, like, immediately after that is just basically conversation. So I'm not sure if we'll be able to cover it in the full five. So we can just pick up there next time. Uh, so okay, we can go ahead and stop asking questions then. Yeah, so we can we can end it off with Luxor dying. Um, oh, my God. Not a bad place to end. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I've got fucking three of these secret answer reports that I need to, or that I'll need to record when this episode goes up. Oh, jeez. Um, let's get over into the questions. Oh, actually. Did we get any on Twitter? Do what? No, we didn't get any on Twitter. Uh, All right, well, we got a good chunk in the mailbag on Discord, and um, Veer and Casey each snuck in a couple while we were recording. <laughs> and then I think, okay, no, nobody got one when you announced earlier that we definitely for sure were recording, but. Yeah. Like, the minute we started recording, I saw Veer pop up, and I was like, damn it. <laughs> um. So yeah, um, when when I made the announcement and said that we were covering that scene, capital T, capital S, that was the the thing with Roxas. I didn't want to say the thing with Roxas because yeah, you'd be like, "What goes on with Roxas?" Um, right. <laughs> I say I all that. I say all that to say that Veer has labeled <laughs> every single question for Veer is a spoiler. Yeah, the first one is labeled that scene, and it's just two. <laughs> Because if you remember way back in the beginning of the game, when you were fighting Axel and uh, Roxas officially starts dual wielding, Axel's just like, two! Yeah. yeah. So that's all the first question is. It's just doing that. Um, I, feel like, I feel like the effect of the sparks being dragged, even though that's horrible for knives as somebody who cooks, but it still looks cool. Yeah, right? It's a neat effect. Um, <laughs> rule of cool. <laughs> Question number one is so much packed into one one sentence. How do you think the organization Nobody Grunts, you know, the Dusk, Samurais, Berserkers, all of that, go about their everyday life in the city? I think they have, like, very mundane jobs. I guess. I Really, I don't know. Because, like I said... That's going to be funny to have them be, like, the most mundane things. Like, oh, you have a little hot dog street cart. You sell ice cream. Oh, wait, shit. Um, Sora's coming. Everyone, put all your stuff up. It's time for fights. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, because, like, that's that's what sort of gets me about the, the semi-truck. Is like, do these people have to worry about shipping? 
Was this carrying cargo from one side of the city to the other? What's going do on? Do they have to worry about? Do they have to worry about supply chains if a big fight wrecks part of the city? Exactly. Like, does there? Are Sora and his friends just totally fucking up this place's local economy without even knowing it? <laughs> In fairness, I think. Are you okay? Okay, in fairness, um, at the end of the last game, End of the World, the final one that we went to, that one officially stopped existing once everything was said and done and Ansem had been defeated. It's never really stated that that's the case here. So as far as I know, right. the world that never was is still here. It was just a city. With... They could be going through a Great Depression right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> we destroyed, like, all of your leaders in your economy. <laughs> Our bad. <laughs> uh, question two. If it took six eggs nine weeks to build an apartment building, how long would it take 12 eggs to build the same apartment building? Uh, That's on you. Four and a half? Since now we have yeah. twice as many eggs? I don't know. Right. Um, uh, skipping ahead to Flutter Dark. Uh, that scene. So how did Roxas forget that the keyblade can go back to the wielder's hand? Like, because we saw that happen in the computer. So, uh, <laughs> I take it to Vor just be that he was caught up in the moment, I guess, and was just like, what the hell? Like, he thought he had Sora, That's and everything. was like, yeah, kind of like that. Like, he thought he had Sora, and then Sora was like, nick. But right. Well, and also, like, if you get, if you get like, stressed or distracted enough, I mean, you tend to forget, like, the most random shit. And I mean, if anybody is allowed to be stressed, it's our boy. Exactly. <laughs> poor, poor thing. <laughs> This Bless his heart. Is, this was also, like, the last gasp of existence for him, kind of. Right. He's got other things on his mind, I think. <laughs> uh, anyway, now for the remaining... I'm letting you tell me which ones I can unspoiler. Yeah, now for the remaining questions. I'm unsure where they happen in the world. Uh, so just one big chunk. Uh, question number one. Let me see. Oh, yeah. You would think, since they have a prison, that someone would tell Vexen to research prisons you can't portal into. And in fairness... You would think... And in fairness, he's dead. I also get the feeling from uh, Chain of Memories that people didn't really listen to Vexen very much. He may have looked into that, and they were just like, yeah, sure, okay, dude. That's true. It's entirely possible that he tried to bring it up, and they were like, yeah, right, like, that'll ever happen. Right. <laughs> he tried to tell Xemnas about it, and Xemnas was like, hmm, I see, yes. This is very interesting, Vexen. Plop. We'll totally look into that. <laughs> because I do believe that Vexen would. Like, he'd be the guy to think about that. But I feel like they just don't care. They don't care what you have to say. Um, question two. I have to ask this again. Why did they keep Kyrie? Sora would have gone around the world anyway to kill Heartless, and you don't need to paint a target on yourself on your backs by keeping his DF. Exactly. Like they would have extra insurance. I guess. I guess. Like I, I think they were wanting to be able to be like, oh, look, we've got because like they talk about like she's the the. She feeds the fire of Sora's anger and blah, blah, blah. So, like, I think they were wanting to try to use her for, like, mind games to, like, be like, oh, Sora, don't you hate us so much? Ha, 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 ha. Here's a wave of Heartless. You have to fight them before you can get to her. Ha. Like, right. I, I guess that's kind of their thinking. But, like, sure. Just... Yeah, pretty much. I mean, just... That's the only thing I can think of is, like, if they were somehow concerned that he would, like, decide, okay, I've killed enough Heartless or whatever. It's like, no, we got your girlfriend. I think it's also I think it's also just kind of supposed to be, like, another, oh, nobody's don't have feelings, so they're just mean kind of thing. 
Like another for the evil thing. Yeah, like one of those. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, shortly after the first boss fight, that would be Zigbar. Uh, so how how insane would you rate Anson the Wise, who studied hearts and knows and and knows how hard it is to code that shit, trying to download a moon made of hearts? Yes, I know he says it differently, but that's what he's doing. Uh, like, well, we've still got. He needs to seriously pick a different name. Yeah, we've still got another cutscene later on where he realizes, oh wait, this was a dumb idea. <laughs> what? No shit. So he at least does realize, oh wait, this was dumb. But yeah. Too bad he didn't figure that out before he actually tried to do it. Eh. <laughs> um, but yeah, you would sort of think that he would think about that. Um, <laughs> he, he had one plan, decided it was good enough, and only worked on that plan. Uh. He put all of his nobody eggs into one basket. Yeah, exactly. All of his, I guess, non-eggs. All of his eggs in zero. Yeah, he he put all of his sea salt popsicles into one clock tower. <laughs> God. Uh, so, a question four. So, with the Daggett organization members, who's controlling the nobodies that once belonged to them? Because, you know, there's like they're still around in areas after the boss fight. Like, for example, uh, the dancers were Demix's, like, personal heartless. But, like, we still see dancers even after Demix is dead. Um... My only thinking is that either A, they can kind of redistribute it more or less evenly so that now, like, Luxor controls the gamblers and the dancers or something like that. Or they all just mm -hmm. kind of default to being generally under Zemnis' control, which I feel like is probably the more likely since he's the superior of the in-between. Yeah, I, I kind of go with the idea of either being distributed or, like... Even though the people controlling them are dead, maybe there's, like, some aspect of, like, their energy that was channeled that's, like, keeping them rooted here. Maybe something like that. You know like what that? I mean? Because, like... Like a, like a remnant. Like a remnant. That's what I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, because, like, the, the non-human-looking ones, I don't think, still have the same level of intelligence as, like, Zimnus and all the others. But it is kind of stated that they are more intelligent than Heartless. So it could also just right. be that they're like, well, our immediate boss is gone, but, like... We still oh, recognize shit, that there's on. stuff going on, so like, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, where the fuck? Hold still, hang on. Cranberry? No, no, cranberry's fine. Uh, shit, where did he go? Okay, nope, nope, nope. You're not. Nope, this is not happening. Nope, nope, nope. Oh no. Where'd you go? Where'd you go, you little fucker? What happened? Is it a bug? Shush! Don't move before. Don't move. I need to focus on this thing before I lose it. Okay, he's dead. <laughs> Was it a bug? There was a look up, and there's like a spider slowly spooling his way down from my ceiling fan. <laughs> just, hey, I'm gonna, you mind if I just kind of slide no. on in? <laughs> there is one spider in my apartment that I allow to stay because he and I have a deal. He stays over by my front door up in the corner of the ceiling and doesn't come down. That's fair. This little baby shit starts spooling down from my fan, like directly at face height if I had stood up. So I had to get two books to squish him with. Mm, mm, mm. He's dead now. Now he is dead and Cranberry is concerned. So there we go. Back to questions. Um, we are popping in with question number three, considering that all nobodies still have the same mental capacity as they did from before they became nobodies, which would make the only major difference being that they no longer have human bodies. The organization members obviously being the exceptions. And do you think that they tried to unionize or have already unionized one? I'm not. <laughs> 
sure if they still have exactly the same level of intelligence because like yeah i doubt that like dusk number 378 still remembers being jeff in accounting but like and also that just just seems like something that the organization would have taken into consideration like not like they want them to have a little bit of intelligence so they can fight but you would think they would consider making sure they're not intelligent enough to potentially uprise yeah well especially because we know we did get a scene earlier on in this game where like they threatened to turn Axel into a dusk as a punishment. So I feel like there's more at stake than just being squiggly looking. Right. But all of that aside, Zimnus is a thousand percent a union buster. So no, they, they probably tried to unionize, but he absolutely didn't allow it. (laughs) Zigbar, ever the piece of shit that he, (laughs) ever the shit stirrer that he is periodically sneaks union literature into the nobody break rooms and whatnot. Just to see, just to have that cycle start up again because he thinks it's funny. But every time they start to like get any kind of movement going, Zimnus is just like, nah. Right. Oh, now I feel bad. Aw, that's cute. Uh, uh, Vera, question number four Are the nobodies that Sora fight soldiers in the organization's military? And if so, does that mean Sora had walked into (laughs) any of the office buildings? In the city, he would have seen the nobodies who work as office workers. Again, we will get a shot later on of the streets just being flooded with dusks having run out into the streets for a minute. So, like, maybe. <laughs> for all I know, that's pretty much Boy, it. do I sympathize. <laughs> do what? I said, boy, do I sympathize. Oh, I heard anyway Santa died. I was like, what? Never mind. <laughs> so, like... Man, I, mean, I must have fallen asleep during that part of Halloween Town. <laughs> God. So, like, honestly, like, I mean, jokes aside, I do feel like there's got to be something going on with those buildings. They can't just be empty or, like, solid right. all the way through. But, like, they got to be, like, headquarters or lairs or, like, production facilities or something. Something. I don't know. But, but also getting back into the jokey jokes. A hundred percent. If Sora had walked into one of the buildings, there'd be like a little like secretary nobody being like, yes, how can I help you? <laughs> there'd be a little cluster of them around a water cooler talking about uh, talking about their weekend. Yeah, right. <laughs> or complaining about or or wondering what happened to Jeff from accounting. Did <laughs> God. Oh, yeah. He got moved into the, the battlefront recently. Oh, crap. That means he probably <laughs> ran into that Sora kid, huh? Yeah. I haven't heard from him in like two weeks. Yep, that's that's. <sighs> well, shit. I guess I'll. Security came by. Security came by and like boxed up all his stuff. It was a whole thing. Well, I guess I'll start looking around on Indeed. We're gonna need someone else in accounting now. Yeah. <laughs> Either that, or there's like they're wondering if his office, if his cubicle's up for bid yet. Right. God. Jeff from, Jeff from accounting had a corner office. There you go. Okay. Then we have me making the announcement. That we were recording on Thursday. Wait, today is today. Yeah, today is Saturday. Saturday. So yeah, on Thursday, and then we didn't. Uh, Veer, are hopping in with, "Would you download a moon? You wouldn't download a pizza." Oh, oh my God, I still remember. I absolutely would download a pizza. What was what did that that commercial used to say? It was at the beginning of like every uh, movie. It's like you wouldn't download a car. That was it. Yeah, here we go. I started typing, you wouldn't, and then, yeah, you wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't download a car. You wouldn't, <laughs> someone made one that said you wouldn't feed a baby a cheeseburger. <laughs> God. Oh, man. 
piracy. It's a crime. Man, I remember when that used to be at the beginning of like every single movie that you got from Blockbuster. I know. And then people promptly ignored it. Oh, oh no, honey, sweetie, baby. I googled you wouldn't download a card just to like check out a couple of memes. Someone has a thread on Reddit. What's the download a car joke? Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh. Someone is baby. Are you old enough to be on Reddit? I know. Oh, God. Anyway, continuing on. Flutter Dark. <laughs> Flutter Dark pops in saying, good that we're on the same wavelength. I mean, y'all, someone was going to say that. I was going to make that joke, if nothing else. Uh... I would have been disappointed if one of them hadn't made the joke. Right, uh, Casey coming in with uh, Casey timing in with a with a who would win in a fist fight? You or the alternative version of yourself, desperately trying to take control again. That's assuming that either version of myself can fight, which I don't know that we could. I would say I would win because my alternate version. You have to assume you know it's what you're not. So my alternate version wouldn't have anxiety. Like you're crippling anxiety. And therefore would be, like, fine with sleep, whereas on my end, you've got me, who I'm really ready to shank a bitch for an (laughs) uninterrupted night of sleep, and therefore I have no fucks to give. I would win. There we go. Um, I would beat alternate me's ass. Deep Sea asks for Kat, how do you feel about Roxas, you know, (laughs) after all of this? Bitch. Did you just call Roxas a bitch? Why do you gotta be so rude? Don't you know he's human too? I don't care, I don't like him. You don't like Roxas? Our precious baby boy who has done nothing wrong? Don't like him. Rude. (laughs) Wait, 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 just just be clear, Roxas is not the red-haired dude. Right, no, that's Axel. Okay, no, I like Axel, (laughs) I don't like Roxas. Okay. Fucking little copycat, plus his friends have really bad fashion sense. That's not his fault. Technically, he chooses to hang out with them. He could have told them, "Hey guys, let's go shopping. Get you some decent clothes." <laughs> I was gonna say that's all, that's Ansem's fault because he could have programmed to have them to have better fashion sense. But you know what? Okay, but I okay. Given that he drives an Ed Hardy party yacht, I would not what? put him in charge of any fashion choices. Oh no, Ansem the Wise, not um um. I don't care. It's still Ansem. Fair. Even if we're doing Anson the Wise, that's still Boomer Ed Hardy. God. <gasps> we'll not put him in charge of any kind of fashion choice. Oh, I forgot what Casey's cat's name is, which you posted the picture in the animals. Tink. Tink is the cat. Because remember, Tink was the one that we had to lobby to get out of gay baby jail. Right, yeah, Tink, right. Okay, yeah, Tink, yeah. Casey posted a picture of Tink at, like, not, at like, <laughs> like 48 minutes into this recording. Oh, the baby. Anyway, <laughs> getting back to the mailbag. Jeez. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, we had some stuff uh, happen. Hang on. There we go. Big Brother Ben chiming in to say, Memories! Ow. Fair. Uh, Deep Sea, what would your keyblades made from the memories of your friends look like? Sadness. <laughs> Pills. <laughs> All of my friends have anxiety. <laughs> Do we mean like friends now? Yeah, right. Um... Okay, yeah, go made of, like, a mixture of, a mixture of, uh, mine would probably be heavily anime-inspired, because a lot of my friends I talk to like different animes. Right. In fairness, this can there go be... abstract, because if you remember, Oathkeeper is supposed to represent Kairi, and Oblivion represents Riku. So we can make these things abstract and cool if we want to. 
But I don't think me or my friends deserve that. Uh, my Keyblade's little charm thing at the end would be like a string of sheep, like for counting sheep to go to sleep. Goodness. Ah, it's rolled up too high. Uh, you popping in to say all of these questions look like a like, government document, and then we they did. had jokes about being in Spoiler Town. Uh, okay, here we go. Deep Sea with another question. Is the world that never was the same as it ever was? Same as it ever was? This is from something. I know it's from something. God. I know. I Hang on. Where's my phone? I can't place it right now. Hang on a sec. I'm looking right now. Give me a minute. Because I'm with you. I'm like, where have I heard this? Right. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. We're looking. What is it? Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Talking oh, heads no. once in a lifetime. Oh, no. Hang on. Hang on. Okay. It's a talking head song that I've heard. And Jesus Christ, if you look at the lyrics, that actually could fit a good part of this, especially the whole, you know, memory <laughs> forgetting shit. I know, right? <laughs> Holy shit. Watch the days go by. Watch the water flow. It. Wait, is that the same song? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Letting the days go by and let the water hold me down. Okay. Haha. You may ask yourself, well, how did I get here? This is not my house. <laughs> this is not my wife. <laughs> God damn it, guys. <laughs> you may, I may ask myself, where's that large automobile? Yeah. Why is there a fucking semi over here? <laughs> God. You can hit my tacky yacht. Okay. Not letting that go. Okay. Uh. <laughs> oh lord. Oh yeah, Casey with <laughs> with the fake spoiler. What did you think of the scene when Sora goes to the Waffle House that never was and orders a nice omelet, scrambled eggs, and French toast? <laughs> you know what? The boy deserves it. This series it started off with him leaving Ooh, before uh, before having dinner, and I don't know how many meals he's had since then. The boy, after all this, he deserves Waffle House. I know. On an unrelated note, their hash brown bowls are really fucking good. I have not been to Waffle House in forever, but the last time I did go to Waffle House, I had said hash brown bowl. And you're right, it's fucking good. It's, uh, we usually, whenever I'm on my way out, whenever I leave Kentucky for the holidays, we usually get Waffle House in the morning for breakfast, because then it's like, we load up everything, we go to Waffle House, then I can get right on the expressway to go back to Arkansas, and then they go either home or to do whatever. But last time I was there, I got the the hash brown bowl to try it. It was really fucking good. Right. Uh, Deep Sea's next question we didn't quite get to. I am sorry. Uh, okay, so we'll leave that. This next well, one... Well, the first question, there's two questions that they gave in, in there. Yeah, uh, this next one is, what gifts did Sora get for Riku on his eighth birthday that Riku treasures? I feel like that's referencing something in the game, but I don't remember what. Um, so we can go ahead and just joke about that. Probably, like, a to another toy sword, even though they already had a bunch. <laughs> I think he got Riku, like, a super soft, cuddly plushie that Riku would rather die than admit to anybody else that he got, but he definitely sleeps with it at night. There we go. Yeah, he gave Riku, like, either a new teddy bear or something that he was like, I saw this and I thought you would like it, or his favorite teddy that he had already been sleeping with since he was little. And was like, uh, I don't know what to get Riku. I like this. He'll like it too. And Riku like was like, <laughs> that's silly. I'm older. I'm too old for this. But then was like, oh my god, I love this so much. <laughs> right. He totally sleeps it every night. I like this image. Uh, next question: Does anyone that like Diz and no? <laughs> exactly. There are two kinds of people in this world: people who admit that they hate Diz and liars. <laughs> I agree. Uh. <laughs> really dear. I forgot that this I forgot this happened. D's nuts. Ha! Got him. No, you gotta say it right. 
Got him. <laughs> oh, right. My bad. Got him. Got him. No. There you go. Uh, really beer. Yeah, there was a thing where I was like, where I wasn't feeling good and had to go to sleep. So, but Okay, and now and for we got, now for the then we got Veer speaking in German. Oh yeah, I was gonna copy this into um into Google Translate. Hang on one sec. It looks like it was directed at you because at least I can see your name. Yeah, I'm getting the look. <laughs> Mother, it is sleepy time. That's exactly, he's laying in the middle of the floor looking at me and he's like making a show of barely being able to keep his eyes open. Oh. Like he's clo- he's closing his eyes so that every now and then he'll crack them open to see if I'm looking. Oh, this, okay, is, so what's this is just that I've been having these weird thoughts lately. <laughs> from, the fir- uh-huh, <laughs> from the first uh-huh. game, I've been having these weird thoughts lately. Like, is any of this for real or not? Or I'm sorry, to give you the translation that Google Translate gave me. I've oh, been God. having some strange dreams lately. Memories that belong together but feel wrong, like long lost pieces of clothing that somehow still fit. Steven, how's your hand, Steven? <laughs> oh, no, that's right. This, is, this isn't the I've been having weird thoughts. This is the one from this game. A scattered dream that's like a far off memory. A far off memory that's like a scattered dream. I want to line the pieces up. Yours and mine. And I, I, I don't know what, what how's your hand comes in. Did you do something to your hand? I don't think so. I don't remember. I'm concerned now. So thanks for that. Right. Does Veer have the gift of prophecy? I don't know. And we got two more questions. Ah, I turned my volume up and I shouldn't have done that. Ha. Ah. Eh. Okay. <laughs> what if he were called Saxor instead? That would be funny. I don't know if this is aimed at Saix or Luxord, but either way, it'd be funny. <laughs> I'd be making way too many innuendo jokes. Ah. <gasps> is Saxor, or Saxor de, the ship for Saix and Luxord? Oh, God. I cannot i mean i guarantee someone tips it just because one of the like unwritten oh, rules of the universe i cannot imagine very many people do anyway what kind of car or what car would you like to download i actually have an answer for this from <laughs> fucking um okay the one of the other podcasts that nero does is um oh god the the name escaped me for a second that transformers one that they're on called prime cuts someone has yep. posted in the uh in the chat over in the discord over there within the past like day a car called the dornier delta do me a favor and google this thing because it's incredible and it's called it's called the what now dornier uh, d-o-r-n-i-e-r delta why (laughs) i don't know i love it i miss this era of like it looked just... like it looked like a Volkswagen bug had a baby with that Nissan Cube thing. Casey said it looks like someone made a pug a car. <laughs> oh my god! You know what? That's more accurate. Exactly. <laughs> this thing seats four people back to back. Each of those hatch or each of those like hatch doors there is so that you can walk in, sit or turn around and sit down, and then the engine is just okay. under you, basically. That seems like a disaster waiting I... to happen. Cannot imagine that this was like a good car idea. I cannot. Im- I have not looked into it, but One I cannot imagine. Right. I cannot imagine very many of these were sold. Oh God! There, down below is uh is a uh, a Fiat uh multiplus or multiplus six hundred that has like the opposite of suicide doors. Like okay, you know what suicide doors are, right? 
Oh. Uh, basically, um, instead of like both opening to the right, like car doors do nowadays, they would both swing outward to give you like maximum open space. They were called suicide doors because it completely blocked any view of the person getting out of, in or out of the car from like both sides. And so it was kind of a pro, uh, kind of a thing that they would get run into or something like that, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Or actually, they might have also had problems staying closed now that I think about it. Um, this is the opposite of that. Instead of it being like, actually, I'll just, I'll just send you a picture of this because holy shit, what's happening with this door? It's like, instead of both of them swinging out away from each other, they both open like toward each other. There we go. Oh. Sending it to you on Facebook. Oh, okay. Uh, but anyway, I would download that, uh, that Darnier Delta just cause that thing is fucking wild and I miss the period in making cars where people just like tossed shit at the wall to see what stuck. Right. Uh, that is our final question though. I would download a 67 Chevy Impala like baby from supernatural. I, yeah, I knew that's where you, where you were going to go with it. It's cool. It's classic. <laughs> Wait, what's, what's this? You messaging me at nine forty three? I just made cranberry bite his own foot. OMG. <laughs> I felt so bad. What did you do? How did that happen? <laughs> okay, so he was laying next to me on the couch on his blanket, and he had his little front paws out, you know, the ones that are safe to touch, because they don't have murder claws. <laughs> I was just petting his little foot, because it was right there, and it was so cute, and he was sleepy, and then I guess he got annoyed, because he went to go bite my, you know, not bite hard, but, you know, nip my hand to make it go away, and I yanked my hand back, and he bit his paw and ran away. Oh. <laughs> He was like, well, there's something. Ow, what have I done? <laughs> I mean, I already did. I already make him attack his own foot with the laser pointer, but I actually made him bite his own foot this time. Oh, I'm my like, goodness. I should feel bad. <laughs> he looked so startled. Like, why did that hurt? That is that is adorable, in fact. I'm sorry, my son. <sighs> and that, Yep, that was the last question. <sighs> anyway. Um... Okay, hang on. Let me get back over into the Twitter so that I can like pull up our stuffs. Um, as always, uh, go and I'll go ahead and start with Nero since they're not on these episodes. Uh, you can find them at Dragon Smoocher. Uh, the 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 one that I mentioned a minute ago is called Prime Cuts. That's a uh, Transformers podcast. I am so far fucking <laughs> behind because I got really into instead of listening to podcasts at work. Uh, watching slash listening to like a bunch of uh pokemon challenge run uh playthroughs <laughs> i wanted to know how pokemon challenges managed to beat his 151st run of emerald kaizo holy shit it's anyway um anyway um but you can also find them at ah they have officially <laughs> removed um the podcast of power one from their header hot dang uh, but they've got at Heideland Radio, which is the uh, Twitter the Twitter handle for Radio Free Heideland, the one that Nero and uh, Jane, the co-host from the uh, Shira and the Podcast of Power um, podcast, I said that good. Shut up. Anyway, uh, they are going through the plot of Final Fantasy fourteen because they have, I That's guess, awesome. both been overtaken by the same kind of madness that took the two of us when we decided to do this. Final Fantasy fourteen is awesome. Also this. Um, Even though you won't play it. I don't have a lot of time. My gaming these days is just Pokemon and Kingdom Hearts. Uh, plus, I thought you it would be... Still game plus, I you thought... still game casually. I mean, 
I'm fair. But also, I just thought it would be funnier if I only uh, interacted with it in the form of podcast, like I'm doing with Gundam for a different one. Um, (laughs) This is true. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, you can find me on Twitter at Marshmallow. It's spelled like Marshmallow, except that it has my name in it. Oh, I forgot to mention um, Disney Minus is on Twitter at Disney Minus Pod. There's that. Uh, I have got dad underscore tastic where it's really late tonight. So I'm probably not going to have time to actually post one tonight because I got to go to the bathroom after we're done here. Uh, you say that every time. I, no, normally I'm just like, I'll get to it tomorrow. I will start actually posting. Also, I've got like a shit ton of Shonen Jump stuff I got to catch up on. So like I'm making big promises to myself to actually catch up on stuff <laughs> here in the true. next like few days. Um, I got I messaged you that I was caught up on all of my webtoons like a week or two ago. Haven't touched it since then. Right. Now I know, because I know Laura Olympus updated tonight. Oh shit, that's right. Fuck. I won't see that until, I'm gonna see that in the morning, but well, I mean, shit, it finally came back, so yeah, it should have updated tonight. Yeah. Um, I know that there's anyway. officially been, like, a ten-year time jump between seasons. Uh, yep, yep, I saw that. Anyway, uh, and then perfect. the other one that I'm on is Resonant Beats, which is an actual play podcast playing interstitial or hearts intertwined. You can find that at Resi Beats Pod. And you can find me on Twitter at D-87. Um, and also, like Stephen briefly mentioned before, you can find me, him, and Nero uh, on the Disney Minus podcast on our off weeks where we are doing, it was the random number generator. And what was the name of the one that we're about to do? Uh, it's Going to the Mat, which is about a right, blind a, kid a, doing... A yeah. It's about a blind kid doing high school wrestling, which I'm sure I have not watched yet, partly because I still needed to take notes for this episode, but also because I don't want to. No, you haven't either. But I'm sure it is handled sensitively and respectfully. Yeah. We will go with that. Um, So yeah, uh, we've got probably like one, maybe two episodes left. Uh, Actually, I'd say at least two episodes left. Um, if you include uh, the secret ending and the uh, secret bosses, although secret bosses won't be a whole lot to talk about. Um, oh shit! One of the groups of secret bosses is um, data versions of the organization thirteen members. So there's not a lot to talk about there, but like they do happen. So we'll just kind of like brush on them. But then like there's another secret boss that kicks everybody's ass that actually does have like a couple of cutscenes like surrounding him and stuff like that. Um, and then, like I said, also the secret ending and stuff like that. So we've we've got, I'd say, probably at least two, two maybe three episodes left of uh, Kingdom Hearts Hi. 2. Um, hey, we did that a lot faster than we thought we would. Yeah, right? Uh, so I say all that to say, uh, catch us next time where we will be picking up at um, the Psyx boss fight. And you'll get to, get to see what the moon does to that boy. Because it's weird. Uh, aside from that... I'm already happy in your hearts. I'm going to go download my bed. Bah! Oh, that's good.
Secret Ensigns Report 8. It appears that I have been too distracted by the behavior of Xehanort and his cohorts, and the events occurring in their vicinity. My friend's struggle to protect the Realm of Light from the threat of Heartless is now over, with Xehanort's Heartless, going by Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, defeated at last. The other wielder of the Keyblade, this hero, traveled from world to world, sealing up keyholes and laying Heartless low. Meanwhile, the king, who had dived into the Realm of Darkness, worked with the Keyblade-wielding hero to close the door to Kingdom Hearts from the realms of both Darkness and Light thus holding off the threat of tremendous darkness. But there is still a great number of Heartless afoot, and Organization 13 and the Nobodies continue to be active in the shadows. Indeed, the world is still a very dangerous place. We must find a way to do battle with these enemies. Thus, I will both make amends and have my revenge. It is for this reason that I infiltrated Castle Oblivion. It consists of 13 floors above and 12 floors below ground, with the contents of its white rooms transforming in response to its visitors' memories. Organization 13 was conducting experiments on memory here. The subject of these experiments, a girl named Mamane, appeared to possess extremely unusual abilities. Were they attempting to derive something from these powers? Refusing to be distracted by Organization 13, I had returned to my own secret research when a new visitor appeared at the castle today. It was Sora, the Keyblade-wielding hero who had defeated Ansem and his companions. Deep underground, the stench of darkness arose. All the players are coming together, it would seem. Secret Ensigns Report 3. Chaos affects not only this world, but many other worlds besides. In the Ensigns Reports, my apprentice Xehanort had written under my name, I found the records of his hideous experiments along with his hypothesis about the door that appeared out of the darkness in my basement. All living things have hearts, and all hearts hold darkness deep within. Worlds are no exception. If a world is a being, the heart it holds must be colossal, and the darkness at its core must be monstrous indeed. Did Xehanort pass through that door in an attempt to contact that Dark Realm? No, not only Xehanort. It appears my other five apprentices, believing it was for the sake of research, stared deep into the darkness and were pulled into it. Evan, Yenzo, Bragg, Dylan, and Alias. They have ceased to be human. I, too, have had everything taken away from me, banished to a hollow realm of nothingness. What is Xehanort hoping to gain with my fulford existence? Will my people cease to smile? If the light of hope has been extinguished, I shall henceforth walk with darkness as a friend, here in the realm of nothingness to which I have been relegated. Darkness in the midst of nothing. Darkness in zero. Thus I shall be known as Diz, discarding the stolen name Ansem, and going in search of revenge. Secret Ansem's Report 9. I should have expected nothing less from a keyblade-building hero. Sora and friends defied the machinations of Organization 13 and rescued Namine. Namine was a witch who controlled the memories of others. Most likely these powers were achieved through a special process when she was born. Namine is a nobody created when a young girl's heart left her body, yet she has no corresponding heartless. This is because the young girl in this case was a princess. Kairi, a resident of Radiant Garden over which I had ruled, 
was one of the seven princesses that uphold the realm of light. With no darkness in her heart, Kyrie produced no heartless, and instead of vanishing, her body remained in the realm of light. In other words, both the nobody called Nomine and the heartless proof of a lost heart are extremely unstable things who lack the bodies needed to produce a nobody. Therefore, they also lack Kyrie's memories. One reason for this may be that Kyrie's heart did not return to the darkness when separated from her body, but rather migrated to another vessel, deep within Sora's heart. That is, Namine is an alter ego of the Kyrie who has directly interfered with Sora's heart. Could this be why Sora and those whose hearts are connected with him were able to have their memories controlled? She is a non-being in the truest sense of the word, having not even become a nobody and with nowhere left to go. She is but the most fleeting of shadows. 